Hi guys, so welcome to the conversation with Samuel or Luke Bemini. Again, it is uh, the conversation with Samuel Oluk Bimini. Welcome to the second part of the show. My guest is a form, former lawmaker in Ekere State and is also a former speaker of the Assembly and one time acting governor of Ekere State. Good morning, right honorable Adetokwe Ademiru. I should add Prince too. Good morning, sir. Good morning, thank you. <laughs> Good to have you around. My pleasure being here. You. Uh, don't entirely strike people as um, I wouldn't say people maybe some of us who came into Ekiti less than 10 years ago as somebody who enjoys being a politician so I would feel the need to ask you what was the turning point for you what was that when was the time you decided let me go into politics well since when I was uh a young chap when I was in the secondary school I'd always had a deep-seated interest in politics because I had the opportunity of uh, sitting at the feet of giant politicians Mm. listening, learning my father was a politician in his lifetime my father was uh, one time state secretary of the National Party of Nigeria, the MPN. He was the understate secretary. Mm-hmm. So I had so many occasions of having to sit out at meetings with him, mm-hmm. having to meet a lot of the big men politicians in uh, the whole of understate those days. So I had learned quite a bit. But the truth is, I developed an aversion to politics because of the way those our fathers a lot of them were playing it they they were too they were too i don't want to be uncharitable mm. to people of my father's age and some of them even older but a good number of those politicians were not doing the right things in my perception unfortunately a good number of us now their children are still not doing the right thing. So it has cascaded down. So, and I have a serious fear that a good number of our children will still probably do the same bad things we do now because they have no examples of punitive actions being taken against people who do the wrong thing. So the democratic system is not likely to change anytime soon but might even get worse. I have a fear that if we continue on the trajectory that we are now, it sincerely might not have any fundamental change we can talk of. Because I keep telling people, politics is a communal thing. Yes, local, but it is all spread and all encompassing. We play politics in our houses. We play politics in the workplace. And every individual is a direct example of the community he is in. 
because every individual in Nigeria plays just the kind of politics that pays him. The kind of politics people play at their workplaces, pulling somebody who has prospects down for somebody who everybody knows is a, 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 a very poor prospect. The politics people play in their houses, mothers setting children against themselves mm. just because they have an affinity for a particular child. Mm. It is the combination of those politics that translates into the national politics eventually. And when you have a bad foundation, it does not matter the beauty of the edifice you want to implant. A bad foundation would always cause a beautiful edifice to crumble. Mm. So, until we start to change the politics of our individual lives, until we start to change the politics of our relationships with each other, we might not have a, 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 a monumental change in our political situation. But the question you asked now, I really didn't like politics from my experience in the days of my, of, of my father. And along the line, thank God for his blessings, I, I have been a successful man almost all my life. That's the way I see it. I have been doing well. I I worked, I left private enterprise employment, became my own employer. I was doing very well. And at a point in time, I just woke up one morning in my house in Lagos and I said, I'm done with Lagos. Hmm. I was born here. I've had almost every part of my life here. Now I'm going back home. And believe you me, that was the day I returned to Aramoko. And since I've returned to Aramoko in 1996, to God be the glory, I've not had any particular cause to regret coming back. Mm. It was the days of the establishment of Ekiti State. state. Mm. And uh, along the line, the political climb came in and people were jostling for politics and one was looking and uh, this person, I know him all my life. That one, I've known him all my life. And you really could uh, weigh who was where and who could do what. And like an incident that was meant to happen, somewhere along the line, young men in my community started approaching me. Ah, brother. And such things. Of course, a part of me was telling me that, okay, this young chap wants a bit of the cash I and have. The cash. Mm. Because eventually, no matter how good you are, no matter how sound, no matter how vibrant, no matter how prospective you are, if we are talking about politics in Nigeria today, I might not be able to talk about tomorrow. I'm not Nostradamus. Mm. But if we are talking about politics in Nigeria today, whatever heads you have, if you do not have the cash, the mm. back it. So it has been that joker. way. It has been that way for a long time. All along. Mm. But eventually, I sat down and I told myself, okay, so they were doing it wrong those days. I didn't like it. But it's still the same wrong that has been done, and people are leaving them to it. And if we all leave them to it, we really have no excuses to complain that they are doing it wrong. Because one, nobody has attempted to do it right. So that 
people would not have the opportunity of seeing those who are doing it wrong and those who are doing it right. And somewhere along the line, probably because I'm a human being too, I agreed to be lured into politics and uh, I jumped in the fray full force and I am today a politician. You, you are a beneficiary of a political stalemate in Ikiri State in 2006. Yes, I was. Uh, how did that happen? Which part of it? It's a whole <laughs> long story. People, but people the, the pleasurable thing is, I know all the stories because I was right in the center of the story. So that nobody can contend. Uh, I'm, I'm very sure we're permitted to extend <laughs> to hear that story all over again. <laughs> See, it, it, it's a very long story. But it boils down to this. When I was going into the House of Assembly, I say this with all pride, and I challenge anybody to approach people in my community, to approach people in my constituency, to hack them. I had a manifesto mm. for wanting to go to the House of Assembly. As a lawmaker. Yes, I had things I believed government should do, and I listed it out, and I was distributing it to people. And the interesting thing was, after we had won the elections, I met one of my colleagues to be in the house then and he looked at me and said oh you had to talk to them i said yes and the next thing he said is what are you are you i said how do you mean what are you talking about he said i saw your manifesto somewhere <laughs> i said yes don't you have one he said what for then i knew there was a problem hmm. because i knew instantly that people were seeking elective offices without a notion of what they want to do when they get to office. And that is the bane of most of our politicians today, most people in office. It is when they get to office, they start thinking of what can be done in office. They do not have a clear-cut idea of what they want to do in office before. And that's how you have a situation where somebody wakes up and says, I want to be governor. And immediately, it becomes impossible to be governor. He turns around and tells you, why can't I go to the Senate? Yes, wanting to be governor is a very different ballgame from wanting to be a senator. One is on the executive side. The other is on the legislative side. Their functions are not the same. They are diverse, different. He can't make Senate and he's telling you, okay now, uh-uh, should I lose all round? Can't I go to the House of Reps? Can't I go to the House of Assembly? <laughs> so it's like, it's more of where I can be, not what I want to be. I, I like us to go to all those areas, that, but then I want us to do a recount of 2006. You want 2006. <laughs> okay, all right. Let me give you a bit of the 2006. And I can tell you that anybody who knows will tell you that I know. I was in the House of Assembly, yes. I was a member of the PDP, the same party that formed the governor of Ekiti State. So on a good day, there ought to be nothing amiss as far as I am concerned. Government should be just a rolling coaster. But I did not feel that way because I felt a more fundamental obligation to first and foremost, my constituents and the state at large than I had to my political party. Especially 
when my political party then had transformed into one political man. Mm. I tell you this, free of charge. There wasn't a PDP in Ekiti in between 2003 and 2007. There was just a financial. It was everything put together. It was the party. It was the executive in government. It was the legislature. And everything revolved around him. And I am not the kind of person who will feel comfortable that some other person take my decisions for me. So from get-go, we had divergent opinions. I had a clear cut of what I felt government should be. He had another notion entirely of government. And much as I think we tried, we could not bring those two positions to meet because they were terribly divergent. One was uh, longitudinal, the other was vertical. So there was no meeting point. And eventually, in 2006, things came to a head. And uh, a couple of us, yes, I say that with uh, sincerity now, a couple of us believed it was about time the government should stop with it. But it was the governor we really wanted Hmm. because there was a very long stretch of ills he had done to the society that was not impeachable in any way. Those were things anybody could not impugn. We had a series of allegations against him in the notice of impeachment we served on him. And I say, till tomorrow, none of those allegations have been refuted effectively. None of those allegations have been proved wrong by anybody. They were true and correct. As at this morning, the issue on the poultry is still a case in court. It is a case that is still subsisting 13 years after. So, we did not have any problems there. But, of course, along the line, some funny interests came in. Some, 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 some powers were rocking some things. Some of us could see clearly into it. Some other persons could not see into it. I want to say with uh, a little regret that even within the rank of those of us mm-hmm. who wanted a change in government, we had a divergence of opinion at a point in time. Was the plan to let the deputy governor, that uh, then Abiodun Olujimi, was the plan to let her stay or she was also to be impeached or our impeachment just... Did you, did, you, did you listen to me? I said, unfortunately, at a point in time, those of us who were involved now had a divergence of opinions. In truth and in deed. Because one day I will stand before God and account for everything I've done in life. That woman, the then deputy governor, had no offenses we really could impeach her on. She had not done nothing wrong. Yes, she was the courier for some money from the process of the poultry project 
between one person and uh, <coughs> another person. But she was simply doing the. But she was just board. being a courier, mm. and at the time it was done, she was not even the deputy governor. So we had nothing on her. But you see, politics is a very terrible thing. Some issues had happened. Some persons had been so psyched that they could not see any reasonable reason. And I say that with emphasis, knowing what I'm saying. They could not see any reasonable reason why we had to leave the woman again. It's, it, it, it was, call it ambition, mm. plain and simple. Did, did that ambition produce the second uh, acting governor? No. At that time. There wasn't a second acting governor at that time. This is part of the history of the 2006-2017 thing. People do not understand. What we had on the 18th of... No, on the 16th of October was a governor for a state. We did not at the level of the House of Assembly, make our speaker the acting governor. Our then speaker left the House of Assembly to assume office. And I challenge anybody to go back to the archives of the House and check through the other papers of those days and the votes and proceedings to assume office as executive governor of Ekiti State. And there was an arrangement prior to that date with some people that yes when he assumes that office of a necessity there ought to have been an election in three months after all other parties in Ekiti and I say that with full knowledge of it all other parties in Ekiti had agreed that they were not going to contest or run election against the then speaker of the House of Assembly that That's we Mr. had made executive governor. So, so he was going to have yes, he was going to have a free reign mm. as governor from that point. Plain and simple. Any other story, any other notation is a concussion. That is the truth of the matter. So we had a governor institute. The second day, we returned to the House of Assembly. We had. Uh, a parliamentary sitting. At the parliamentary sitting, we dissolved all offices in the House of Assembly. All principal office holders were dissolved. And we went back on the floor of the Assembly the third day. And there, I was elected Speaker of the State House of Assembly, and we elected all the principal officers again thereafter. Now, you did say I was uh, the beneficiary of what did you call it now? I said a political stalemate. A political stalemate. <laughs> the interesting thing that now happened was the term of the emergency expired. Mm. Let me say this, and let me say it very clearly. As at the time we were going in for the impeachment proceeding in 2006, as at that Monday, when we were going in to effect that impeachment, 
we already knew that there will be a state of emergency in Ekiti State. How did you know? Because a lot of people would say uh, there was external influence from those at the top, the man at the top. Uh, listen, listen, yeah. Was that all part of the plan? Listen, yeah. If you are going to have an impeachment proceeding and it is going to succeed, the people at the top, quote and unquote, and you still said it, mm. must at a point in time be in some agreement. So, that, otherwise, it simply won't work. So, let's assume that the president, Olusha Gombasunjo, at that time was uh, receptive to. Uh, you impeaching the dead no, governor. No, no, no. He had, he had all the information. So, he had no bones about it. Mm. But, quite sincerely, we really, 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 really had nothing to hold that woman on. And it's not like I hold any explanations now. Right now, she's in the PDP, I'm in the APC. But, I'm just this kind of person, a blunt and sincere person. We had no reasons to impeach her. And we knew that if we went ahead, the full hall, to impeach both of them, the person we were sure had an offense and the person who had no offense, there will probably be a stalemate and there might be a state of emergency. We knew there might be a state of emergency, but... We were so beclouded by the ambition of having a governor within our rank that mm. we we chose to dare the devil mm. and we paid the price. But eventually, things went and they came back. The time of the time of the uh, emergency elapsed. The then president had already rocked the national assembly very violently. A lot of senators who were hoping to return to the Senate to continue to Senate. <laughs> they had lost their tickets. A lot of people in the House of Representatives who were hoping to continue to represent their people, they had lost this ticket. So they had and has to grind with Mr. President. So as soon as he went to the House and said, extend this emergency. It's just a matter of 30 something days. They told him no. No they turned it down. So the state had to revert to its elected functionaries. And the Speaker of the House of Assembly had to take office as the acting governor. And, and at that point in time, you were the Speaker. Hi. Right on the top where Adam Lee was the Speaker of the House of Assembly. And there was no stories to be told about it. Some, it was a case some, we have, people would have tried wondered, People would have wondered, why didn't they just re, 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 uh, revert the status quo, where uh, right on every Friday, I remember was speaker. No, you are wrong. The status quo, as at the day of an of the imposition of the emergency, was that late right honorable Friday, I did mean, was the executive governor of Ekiti State. Right honorable, I did up he was the speaker of the House of Assembly. That was the status quo, and that was what we reverted to. If you are saying they should revert to a status quo before death, then it means that your Fayoshe would have been governor and Adirami uh, would have been speaker. Then it means Fayoshe would have come back to government. That is the status quo your sentence now implies. But the correct status quo as at uh, I think the 18th of October mm. when emergency was declared was that I was 
the Speaker of the State House of Assembly. You became Speaker of the State House of Assembly and subsequently you... Let's even talk about your relations with uh, the military administrator. No, the emergency, state of emergency administrator Administrator, at the time. That's uh, General Tunji Oluri. How did it feel having somebody who is not a negative man uh, call the shots at that time? Well, it was not too pleasant, but that was a fate accompli. It was something nobody could do anything about. By the vestment of the powers of the state of emergency, Mr. President, he could appoint whoever he wanted as administrator. He appointed a non-plateau man in Plateau State then, in the days of Darie. Mm-hmm. So when he appointed a non-equity man as the administrator, I wasn't surprised. It was just following precedence. But I guess probably that the reason for such appointments is to ensure that no particular political interest mm-hmm. is given undue advantage on the other through the machination of the administrator. Because if you, are, if you have an administrator that is indigent to that particular state, it would have interest. interest. It would have friends. It would have uh, relations. It would have people who would have his ears. And he might even unwillingly or unknowingly tilt towards a politi- uh, political interest or the other. But for an absolute outsider, it's just there. Do what he can. Make merry. Mm-hmm. Enjoy office. And I'll confess, that was a very free office. Enjoy office and walk away. And nobody can do nothing about it. You, you became acting governor. And um, that was the last major political position that you held. Didn't you feel like, I can do this for some more years? I've read some of your posts on Facebook. You seem to have lucid ideas of how you intend to run a state or a nation if given the the power to do so. How come you didn't go further? How come you didn't decide, okay, I've been acting governor once, let me contest again. Look, let's face facts as they are. I once told you some things in Nigeria, or most things in Nigeria, need a lot of capital and they need a lot of influence. If I want to run for governor, I would need a war chest that would uh, be a couple of billions. And I say that with society because I know it takes that much. And I do not have a couple of billions. And I do not have the conscience to tie myself to anybody's apron string as some kind of puppet that, okay, when I get into office, this would happen. And anyway, even... The the, the 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 capital venturists, people who venture their capital into such projects, they want to know the kind of person they are banking on. They want to know his psyche. They want to know his kind of orientation. I'm not sure any reasonable person will want to put his money on somebody that is already portrayed as a man who will do his own thing. It will be too risky for anybody to put his money on me. But fine. Okay. I, 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 I am a politician. I remain a politician. 
the way I see it, I'll probably be a politician for the rest of my life. I, I, I'm, I'm very not likely to apply to UBA now that I want a job. So I would continue to be a politician. But some things take common sense, and I use mine all the time. I am not the kind of person who aspires to office because, okay, I want to aspire. I want people to see me on a billboard or say my poster somewhere. Okay, let me try this when, when we start negotiating. I'm not caught for that. When I choose to contest, I want to win or win. I don't want to contest well, well if it happens. Yes, I could have done the National Assembly, but... Where I come from, my senatorial district, my federal constituency, we have some kind of uh, notion. No, no, nobody wrote anything down. Nobody agreed on anything. But you want to use your common sense that this side is heavier. This side can pull this weight. If this weight fails to work for me, mm. then it is a failed deal. I have been putting a lot of things into perspective. perspective and all this while, it has not been the kind of perspective that will make anything work and I don't like putting my hands on anything that will fail. I have a God that is so good that he does not fail me. I don't want to try him because <laughs> I don't want God to fail because I have failed in assessing the situations right and the problem most of us have is we just want office i don't just want office make no mistakes about it i enjoy the perks of office my brother i would love to hand the kind of money senators hand <laughs> i would love to hand the kind of money members of the house of reps hand i will tell you the truth i would love to have the power a governor has it's a power of life and death and i know but the circumstances for me to have such powers have not worked out. No, not yet. And I won't put God to the test just because I want to hand money. And I'll tell God, please, make me another Joshua. Make the day stay in place for me just that I can have my wish. I don't like trying God. And I don't enjoy trying myself either. But it's okay. I have time on my side. I'm going to live long so anything can still happen. Anything can still happen in case you're just tuning in or you've been listening for a while. I've been speaking with the former acting governor of Igiri State, right on Ebu, Tokwe Ade Miluyi. This is the conversation with Samuel Oluk Bimini. Let's take a detour from uh, personal discussions a bit to the political system in Nigeria. You you have even made this point right here today, but then I got this one from one of your uh, write-ups. It says, the simple point I'm trying to make is that those whom we entrust our government at all levels have no plans to execute governance. They sought and keep seeking the offices for the perks, privileges, and the pride of place the office affords them. Now, <laughs> now you're taking that right out of my mouth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now... When last yesterday made it uh, five years mm. since President Muhammad Ubari came into office, you are a member of the APC. Yes. A lot of people would say it looks like the president didn't seem to have so much of a plan. 
or now to uh, preside over Nigeria. Does this statement apply to the president and some other governors uh, and other public office orders in Nigeria? I, I don't in society believe that statement applies to the president. Why? I'll tell you why. You see, from outside, we all take governance like some child's play. What's, what's serious about being a governor? What is so serious about being a president? Just sign that paper and that thing is done. It does not work that way. How does it work? I've had the opportunity of being acting governor. My brother, most days, those days, I don't get to sleep until 2 a.m. I'm sleeping by 2 a.m. I'm setting like two, three different alarms to wake me up by 5.30 because I probably have an appointment for 6, 6.30. And in the course of time, you have such humongous demands on your person, on your time, and your decision-making ability. And unless you are an impossibly rigid person, most times, decisions you should take in one day will take you one week to take. Because you will listen, even when you don't want to. If a man cannot see you to talk to you directly, he will call you on phone. It might be somebody you respect a lot. You want to listen to him. If he cannot get to call you on, to- on phone, he will send you text messages. You probably have a hundred messages on your phone. And you just have 20 minutes to spare. Let me see what's on this message. And you open a particular message. You see the line of thought immediately. Such messages are always direct. It is the issue that comes first. The explanation will come after. Then you have to make a decision. Okay, I have 10 billion. I want to construct 100 kilometers of road. 10 billion will not construct 100 kilometers of road. Yeah, I'm just I, I, know, I know that's Now, you say, I want to construct 100 kilometers of road. Some very big power in Adwekiti says, Adwekiti is the capital. Construct 50 kilometers of road in Adwekiti. Or when next your party comes, we would not talk to you at all. <laughs> That is an interest. Mm. 50% of what you, you want to control. Then somebody in the car says, if we don't get 30% of that road, forget it, you are done. Somebody in the Kole will talk. Somebody in Amoko will talk. At the end of the day, you have 50 people wanting 100 kilometer stretch of road and you have to prioritize. You have to decide, okay, let's give these people this. Let's give those people that. We can explain why this is so. We need access from outside. We need access within the state capital. We need access out of the state capital. So, decision-making for people in government, especially a democracy, is not a quick fix thing. It is not always spontaneous. But that does not negate what I said, that a lot of people get into office without having a prior plan for office. It doesn't. You have a plan for office. Part of having a plan for office is being able to take the decision that I will construct 100 kilometers of road instead of building 50 units of houses. That is a plan. That is a position. But some people get into office without even any idea of of it all. So now they have to decide which comes up. It's a, a governance for some people is an 
institutional thing. It's a spur of the moment thing. Mm. In this equity, we have been here. We have had a situation where a governor will get to a place and say, hey, hello, Mindibi. Hello, hello, hello. It's unbudgeted for. No appropriation. And of course, the man who is doing business, he will bring his rig and dig the borehole. And the next day, he brings his paper. Now, you start looking for where to fix the money. You start thinking about varying budgets. You start thinking about coining a, 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 a supposed water corporation project to mean a borehole drilling. Now, people say Mr. President is slow. They say his actions are not spontaneous. But at his age, if his actions are spontaneous, I would be disappointed. Because at his age, he should take decisions that cannot be impugned by anybody. But I love some of the decisions he's taken so far. When he insisted that we must eat Nigeria-made rice, all of us wanted to die. Mm. All my life, I've been eating imported rice. But the man said, eat Nigeria-made rice. We were complaining. But he told the CBN, invest heavily in people who are willing to produce rice. And some people took the gauntlet. The president dropped it, some people took it. And they started producing rice. Now, today, China, our major supplier of rice has been locked down for like six months. Vessels are not coming in. The only vessels that are going out are uh, tankers. Foil tankers. And most yeah, of those yeah. foil tankers, uh, they actually order. load offshore. Mm, offshore. So, they are not making any contact with us. Mm. Now, let me ask you. If rice was not being produced in Kebi, in Samfara, in Katsina, all over northern Nigeria, and in some states in southern Nigeria, like Ross River State, if rice were not being produced in those places, what would we be eating now? The decision was a tough one then. We were not pleased. But it is now panning out and it is working very well for us. There is uh, the, 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 the railway thing. I have always believed that the best means of locomotion is the railway. It is the cheapest. It is probably the safest. There will be three plane crashes before you probably hear of one train derailing. When you take the fact that it is cheap, the fact that it can get everywhere, if I'm in Abuja and I want to come to Adwekiti by plane now, I first have to get to Akure. Mm. Between Akure and Adwekiti, it's uh, between the airport and Adwekiti, it's like 57 kilometers. It will take me one and a half hours or two. So, what is the pleasure of taking a plane one hour from Abuja to Akure, and now I'll stay one and a half hours or two hours between Akure and Adwekiti. But if it were the rail system, I know that I'll be stopping at one particular rail terminal in Ekiti State. When I stop at that rail terminal, running into 
wherever it is I want to go, will not be a difficult thing. And the president is actually driving the railway thing. When we have effective railways in Nigeria, what we do not understand is we will have less demands on our roads. I, I like to have this conversation on. I wish we had about 30, 40 minutes more, but then we have less than seven more minutes <laughs> to go. But then I, I want to talk about, I want us to discuss this. What? You've talked about the president being decisive in yeah. terms of uh, agriculture yeah. and railway. What about power? I'll take a quote from you again. It says, we shall have power. Wait, that's, you were talking about if you if were I president. If I were president, uh, yes, said, I can You would ban the importation and assembly of generating sets except for the export market in Nigeria after three years in office. And sabotage of electrical plants shall carry the death penalty. Yes, death penalties, so don't do it. Uh, the president is not thinking wait, along wait, wait. your line. I am Tokyo Ademili. <laughs> it is Muhammad Ubuari. I am a young man. Oh, oh, better said, I am a younger man. Let me, let me, let better me. said, I am better educated. Young, better said, I have had the opportunity to take more pace in Nigeria than him. He's always been privileged. From uh, government called Zaria yeah. into the Nigerian army and all through as an army officer getting to the rank of general. It's a done life. It's a life of ease. Let me tell you, when an army general wants to dress in the morning, all he has to do for himself is take his own bath and probably wear his underpants. He has a batman who will help him fix the appellants on his khaki uniform, who will help him button, who will help him look decent as an army so, general. So, so I have seen more pains in, in and terms, more reasons why there should be power. In simple terms, the president has not felt the pain of the average Nigerian. Who gets to feel the pain of the average Nigerian? When in office, most times you don't get to feel it. Most times, the feedback system is shut off. Because you have people who should tell you the true situations of things. Telling you the things you want to hear. And so we might not likely see any much difference right, by the it time is, the president's uh, tenure ends in 2023. No, no, no. Look, okay, let's take this power thing. Let's take this power thing. I was in the PDP. Those days, there was a very hard rush to change the power system. Balaige was minister, and it was very hard. Oh, no, we must have power, we must have power. And in one day, in Nigeria, one day, it was unprecedented. All power plants in Nigeria shut down. That cannot be coincidence. That was simple sabotage. Government has invested so much money. We keep talking about $16 billion sunk into power and we're not having power. Who do we blame? Now, there is, there is a power plant somewhere around Pakpalanto uh, in Ogun State. Mm. When you are going from Shagam to Papa, there is a small bridge that is not probably very solid, very strong, that they think is not very strong. Now, when the plant in Papa Atlanta was being built, the power plant, there was an equipment they were bringing from Lagos. Instead of taking it through Ota, the long route that had no encumbrance of bridge, 
they now took it through Shagam. <laughs> and when they got to that point of that bridge, the low bed carrying that equipment simply parked by the side of the road. I know that for so many years, that low bed was on that side of the road. Not five years, not six years. I don't know if it has been taken away because I've not been along that road for quite some time now. But I am sure that particular part, that particular component of that power plant yeah. was a very vital one. So that power plant would not bring power because somebody did not have the sense to assess the weight of what is being carried along the route through which it is being carried. And that was why for all those years and for all that money, we couldn't have a plant. So where for a we... very long time now, yeah. we've been hearing about the Mambila plant. Yes, Mambila plant, Mambila plant. Mambila plant was contracted out for a multi-billion. The Mambila plant has now been reviewed by this current government to less than 50% of its supposed original cost when the Naira conversion rate to the dollar was very low. So, it, 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 it's deep-seated sabotage much time that is actually affecting our power system. All that right. is failure of uh, Mr. President. It's an endemic problem that has to do with every single one of us, starting from the messenger in the office to the highest office. All right, in just uh, 30 seconds, Your Excellency, sir, let's uh, have your position. We have a lot of squabbles within the All Progressives Congress, not just uh, generally, but also in the state. You have Chishago, who has left. You have uh, Ifaro Oshogu has left. You have Bimbo Daramola that is suspended. You have a lot of persons. And I know that you're a close friend of the governor who is the leader of the party in the state. Don't you fear that your party might suffer some sort of casualty in 2022 if it does not put its house in order? There are some things you don't want to get to talk about. Yes, the governor is my personal friend. I take pride in saying that. Engineer Shegouni is my personal friend, quite older, but he's my personal friend. I take pleasure in saying that too. Bimboda Amola is a friend. I take pleasure in saying that. These people are all people I've known for quite some time. These people are all people I have a personal relationship with. So when it becomes impossible for us to band it together as a team. It is a pain in my heart. But my father used to tell me that you don't advise a man on doing two particular things. You don't advise a man on the kind of wife to marry. Because the day you tell a man, marry this particular woman, if she has 10 children for him, he's okay, he has no problem. The days he has no money that she cooks for him, it is okay. He has no problem. But let her make one mistake one day, just one mistake in 20 years. And the first thing you would hear is, if not for my father, would I have married somebody like you? <laughs> so the person who gave the advice becomes the victim every time there is a misunderstanding. He says, don't advise a man to buy a used car. All the days the cars are serving him well, he would have no problem. But the day the car abandons him, in quotes, in the bush path, he will remember who advised him to take it. It is impossible for me at a point to get to meddle in these things. Yes, you make little comments, you give 
advice, you rob minds. But at certain points, men, adults, full-grown adults, fathers and grandfathers, mm. take their own decisions and they stick by it. And the best I can do as a person is wish everybody well. But I sincerely hope and pray that my party does not suffer any untold uh, misfortunes. I think we'll manage. All right, that's what politics is all about. Thank you. I have been speaking with a form, with the former Speaker of the Igede State House of Assembly and Acting Governor of Igede State, right, Honorable His Excellency, right, Honorable Adetokwe Ademilui. Thank you for being on the program. I want to bring you back anytime. Again.